0: Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. Join communion uh, after the message so um, if there's just a couple of guys perhaps that can grab those little baskets to pick things up afterwards uh, I'd appreciate if someone can do that I don't know how long we've been using these little communion cups for but I think well over two years but two weeks ago I discovered how to open them <laughs> so I don't know if there's anyone else who's slow or you all know but there is actually a little plastic little piece that goes over you're aware of that you all knew that and for the last two years, you've been watching me struggle up here, not knowing how to do it. You could have, yeah, there's a little plastic flap, so um, if you do that, it's easy. But it's just taken me two years to discover it, so thanks for helping. Uh, I appreciate your assistance there. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, we acknowledge your goodness to us every day. As Christians, you've made your home within us by your Spirit. You've taken up residence within and so you're able to speak to us and guide us and comfort us. And we pray to God, today, God, as we continue to look around this theme of overcoming difficulty and hardship, how we are to persevere in the faith. Father God, I pray that we would hear your voice. I pray that we'd feel your arms sort of just wrapping around us and encouraging us and just giving us the capacity to take hold of your truth. Because your truth will set us free and your truth will enable us to persevere. And so, God, I pray for those who are in particular need at this time. I, I know sometimes when we're really struggling, it's hard to see or hear anything. But I pray that your spirit would just break through and that we together would be encouraged in our journey of faith to trust you and to believe in you. So, Lord, open our eyes to your truth this morning. Would you like to just pray that? Why don't you take a moment? God, just speak to me today. Help me. If you're particularly, if you're in a tough place right now, God, just help me to grasp hold of the truth of your word, that I might be encouraged. Hear the prayers of your people, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, Last week we, and as the video to the kids showed this morning, we looked at the Apostle Paul and we looked at all the hardship and all the difficulty, all the challenges that he went through and he reminded us not to be overwhelmed. Yes, uh, his life was going through some really difficult times but he found favour and he found hope by casting all his cares at God's feet and relying on him. And so there was this simple theme that Paul talked about how even when everything is against us and we feel like we're just about to crack, just about to break, understand this God is available to us if we seek him out and put his faith and trust in him. Today we're continuing with a similar theme but we'll be looking from the Old Testament at the story of Jonah and uh, sometimes with Old Testament passages you can have a bit of preacher's license and draw a fair bit of uh, truth from various ways but today I just want to look at some principles uh, that we see in the book of Jonah that enable us or resonate with us I suppose in our humanity of how we do behave in the way that we should act when we come across difficulty when we come across challenge and um, one thing we know about Jonah and his situation he knew what it was like to be in a dark place Uh, he's inside the belly of the whale at this stage or the big fish and we read about that uh, as frank did from verse 15 and 16 then they took jonah threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm at this the men greatly feared the lord and they offered a sacrifice to him and made vows to him but the lord provided a great fish to swallow jonah and jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights I'd imagine that Jonah I'm not sure what state he is maybe in some semi-conscious state I'm not exactly sure I haven't been in the belly of a whale recently but I'd imagine it would be dark but it wouldn't be just dark physically I think it would have been very dark emotionally and spiritually he would have been under a fair bit of stress he would have been very anxious and so you know and I know what it's like when there's an absence of light Uh, If you've ever been in a cave or down a a mine shaft or, you know, you're sitting there when the lights have gone out, we know the reality of what it's like when it's physically dark, when there's an absence of light. But we also understand what it's like to have an absence of light spiritually or emotionally. And and it just can seem like there's no hope uh, and we don't know what's next, we don't know how we're going to move forward and we can easily be overwhelmed by that. So... We know what it's like physically to be in the dark, but we also know what it's like to be in the dark spiritually or emotionally. Uh, I'm sure each of you at some stage, uh, either maybe right now, you just know what it's like to be in that sort of dark place, or you have in the past, and I don't want to discourage you, but it will be more experiences for us in the future. Where we get to this place from a human perspective, there doesn't seem to be any hope. There doesn't seem to be any light, it just seems like we're in a dark place and we just can't see any way through it. The first thing that we need to realise, and as a reminder from last week, is that Christians are not beyond this. So even though we have faith and even though we trust God and even though we do put our life in his hands, you and I uh, will not avoid these difficult times, these challenges. Life will be life to us. And there will be times when we experience these things and we'll feel a great sense of despair. Uh, Physically almost, you feel this burden uh, and you feel like uh, there's just no way out. And I can imagine for Jonah, if you're trying to have any idea of what it was like for him, he was in this dark place where he was overwhelmed. But he talks about a few things, or the story of Jonah shares with us some insights that sort of resonate uh, and help us to see the way forward, what we can actually do to persevere in our faith. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Uh, And in this difficult situation, Jonah gives us a great insight into a really wise thing, (laughs) He said often what happens when people are in trouble that they reach out for worthless idols or useless idols. Um, They cling to things that really can't help them but they're hoping that they will. And so they have this vain attempt to try and find solace and comfort in things that cannot bring comfort. Uh, And I suppose that's our humanity, isn't it? That's you and me. We're not always that bright. <laughs> uh, in reality, we sort of conjure up this hope in things or or in people, or we, we look to certain things that we hope will bring us peace, but all the time we cry out vainly because they can't do it. They just don't have the capacity to satisfy us and provide the peace that we need. Uh, last week we talked about the prophet Elijah and how God met him in his time of need and how God said Elijah the journey's too much for you just eat and rest and the prophet sorry the 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 angel of God came to him twice that simple message life's too much for you Elijah just eat and rest let me be your comfort let me be your peace now the interesting thing was that Elijah found himself under that broom tree wanting to die after what was a really spectacular and amazing blessing by God There's a bit of a a spiritual shootout and he was uh, having a conversation or this debate with the prophets of Baal. And so they had to bring down fire from heaven to cast this wood onto it to prove who was the the proper God. And we'll read about that in just a little while. But Elijah is in this state. God does something amazing in his life, but then he has to face up with Queen Jezebel. (laughs) And she's a nasty piece of work. And he's really frightened for his life, and he's totally in despair. And we see here how um, the, the, the prophets of Baal are crying out at Mark Carmen uh, uh, about wanting to have the help that they need, but they do so in vain. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. They're crying out, they're cutting themselves, they're dancing, they're crying out to their gods to bring down fire from heaven. But obviously, it's a vain attempt. And he says, shout louder. Surely he is God. Perhaps he is in deep thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and lashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until the blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid any attention." (laughs) And it's just a wonderful insight into some of the things I put my trust into. Uh, and over the years, I've learned that although you start out, I suppose, with a sense, if I only had this, if this happened, or if it turned out this way, or if only I could change things around in my life and this, then I'll be OK. But it's generally been my experience that those things that I've sought after, when I actually have them, or it has taken place, or I have achieved what I thought would bring me that contentment, they don't deliver. <laughs> And that passage in Elijah is really good because it just says, and no one responded. <laughs> and none of my false gods over the years have ever responded. <laughs> they don't have the capacity to find that place of need or to satisfy that need that I have. Uh, some time ago, I, I remember watching a debate on TV uh, and one of the guys was Richard Hawkins. Dawkins, sorry. Dawkins? Hawkins, Dawkins, yeah. There's someone else here. I'm getting mixed up. Anyway, he was arguing. It always amazed me that atheists get really passionate about something that doesn't exist. (laughs) Like, they get really cranky. I thought, well, why get stressed? If God doesn't exist, just relax. (laughs) But they're having this conversation that came up to him and said, well, what's your purpose in life? And he said, well, I can't really answer that. And when they kept pressing him, he got really cranky. He said, what's the problem? Who needs to know their purpose in life anyway? He really didn't have an answer. There's a humanist... Uh, on the same debate. And when he got around it, he said, well, look, the answer lies with humanity. Uh, Humankind, mankind, we'll work it out. We'll we'll make this world right. We'll we'll get it sorted out. And I thought, yeah, you're doing a great job of that at the moment. And so there are many people who are vainly reaching out for these useless or worthless gods, thinking that that will be the answer. But the same responses we read in, in Elijah But there was no response, no one answered, no one paid attention because there's no answer in these things. And you and I have probably been down the road enough to understand uh, that's the case. In all my years of pastoral ministry, I've never seen someone's life turned around but by the money they have. In all the years of pastoral ministry, I've never seen anyone overcome an addiction or a problem in their life because they have fame or fortune or they have the most toys or they got a high-paying job or some status. I've never seen that turn someone's life around because they have no voice. We've invented them. They're not gods. Humanity has just invented them and say, look, they have purpose, they have value. These things will help, but they don't. And here's Jonah in a really dark place, a difficult situation. Uh, He's working it out in his head and he's coming to realise, hey, there's no point in me crying out to false or worthless gods like other people. Uh, I actually have to do something differently. (laughs) And what happens here is Jonah's in a desperate place. And when you're in a desperate place, you ask some honest questions of yourself (laughs) and you need help. And after the disappointment of these useless, worthless gods not being able to help in any way, (laughs) you come to that place where you become desperate. You become desperate. You need to know the truth. You need to be set free. You need to know what makes the difference. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I call to you, Lord and he answered me see the difference no sounds come from the the gods of Baal but and God answered him from the depths of the grave I call for help and you listened to my cry you hurled me into the deep into the very heart of the seas and the current swirled about me all your waves and breakers swept over me I said I have been banished from your sight (laughs) Jonah's had everything taken away and now he's desperate and they often say, it's only when you get to the end of yourself do you get to the beginning of God. And that's been true for me. in that, that, I paraphrase it in some description, but it's only sometimes when I've tried everything else do I come to the reality that God is the one that I need to turn to. So in desperation, in desperation, Jonah says, what's the truth here? What's the answer? Um, towards the latter years of my dad's life, he lost mobility. Uh, And he wasn't able, his legs just gave up and he wasn't able to get around. Now dad was someone who never had a lot of money but he was very careful with his money. And yet I saw and sort of cupboards full of things that dad bought or tried that would give mobility back into his legs because he was desperate. (laughs) From every sort of contraption that was ever advertised on TV, dad would buy it because he was desperate. He just wanted some relief, he wanted to have some mobility. And the reality is we need to get to that desperate place sometimes to fully understand our need and we need to get to that desperate place to fully understand that God is there to help. And so the longer that we play games trying to invest in worthless or useless idols, the the more that we try to chase for fame or fortune or more toys or thinking that new job will do it for us, the more that we do that... The more disappointed we're going to be. Because it's just when we get to the end of ourselves that we realize no, God is the answer. We need to experience that brokenness. Now, it's not like God wants to stop on us and destroy us, that's the last thing He wants. But sometimes He has to protect ourselves from ourselves. And sometimes he lets us get to the end of our rope. Sometimes he lets us get to the desperate stage where we've got nothing else because then he realises we have an opportunity to see it and to understand it. What do you do when you're desperate? You seek answers. Now my normal position sometimes is first thing I think of is, well, what can I do about this to fix it? (laughs) If something goes wrong, the first thing I think of is, what can I do? Probably the second thing is I do, I talk to other people to see if they know how to fix it. And then sometimes that turns into sympathy and self-pity. Look at me, I'm struggling and so I'm, I'm wanting some comfort from other people. I'm seeking their advice. Then sometimes I think, well, I'll just distract myself. I'll invest myself in all my interests and all my desires and all those things. And I'll just invest myself in all these things that I know bring me pleasure. And maybe that will enable me to overcome the difficulty. But I found in all of those things, you come to a place where you realize, hey, that's not working. It doesn't last very long, it's very temporary. And so we have all this investment, but there's no gain. The gods are not hearing, they're not responding, they're not answering, they're silent. Why? They have no capacity to help us. It's not their fault. They have no capacity to help us, they have no voice. And so we need to be to that desperate state where we realise. But sometimes, if we're honest, desperation can help us to see things. Desperation can actually open our eyes. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains I sank down. And the earth beneath me barred me in. He's in a tough place and he's desperate and he's seeking answers, his heart's open and he wants to know, he wants to seek God. And so the encouragement that we can have, and I I don't want to be insensitive in using that word encouragement and difficulty, but our brokenness can actually be turned into a blessing if we seek God in the midst of it. Our, Our broken state, our point where we're at the very end of ourselves can actually be the start of something that brings beauty into our life and we say to ourselves I will no longer put up with the lies of false gods I'm no longer going to invest in those things that can't help me I'm not going to go down to another rabbit hole again where I keep thinking that something or someone will bring me peace and contentment but in our desperation we say I know only God can do that And that's a thing of beauty. That's where our brokenness and our despair starts to be transformed into a journey where we can experience God. Now, if you know Jonah's story, God asks him to speak to the people of Nineveh, to witness and to share the message of God's love, but he refused. He said, oh, they're too far gone, they're terrible people, and he tried to run away from God. That's where he ended up, where he is. So he's suffering from the consequences of his bad choices. But the really good thing about Jonah is he doesn't make another bad choice. He makes a really good one. And he says, I will turn to God. I will seek God. I will trust and understand that He is the answer. Just look at some of these verses. I said I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. A total transformation. (laughs) And the interesting thing about this is still in the whale. (laughs) He's trusting God even though there's no answer yet. He, he could well die in this big fish. But that's not the issue. It's not like he's praying this now that everything's sorted. He's praying this sense, God, I'm going to trust you even though I might well die in the, in the belly of this fish. So he's declaring his faith and his trust in God. <laughs> he wants to have his relationship restored to his creator His hope is in God, his future is in God, but he still doesn't know how it's going to turn out. And I think, I suppose, I know, and you know, that's faith. That's faith. When we put our trust and our hope in God, even though we don't know how it will turn out, even if we don't know what will happen, even if the circumstances aren't (laughs) favourable, we put our trust in God. There's a, a, a royal palace in the Middle East, and the uh, architects designed that they were going to have all these fancy mirrors from, uh, from, from Paris were coming and going to be displayed on the walls. And a, as it turned out, most of them, nearly all of them, were broken or shattered or cracked uh, in transport companies. And so the contractors grabbed all these mirrors and they threw them in the trash. And the architect said, no. Get them all back." He said, what I want you to do is get a hammer and to break them into even smaller pieces. And now in this palace, the the walls and the ceilings are these wonderful shimmering mosaic of broken glass. (laughs) And, And that's my experience and that's your experience. And if you've traveled and trusted God, you know that's what he can do. He takes the brokenness and the pain of the brokenness, but he takes it if we come to him and he turns it into something worthwhile and beautiful. That's the hope that we have. That's the hope that we have. Broken, but in God's hands, He can turn it around and make it something precious and special. Not a real glorious entry or (laughs) re-entry. I'm just trying to picture this, not very dignified. (laughs) The whale or the big fish sort of rolls up into the shallows and goes, burp, (laughs) I wonder what sort of state Jonah was in. (laughs) I'm not sure. But God delivered him. God is able to take the bad things and the difficult things, the things that overwhelm us sometimes. And if we decide, not dependent on the outcome, if our faith is such God... You'll either give me the strength to get through this situation or you'll change it, but my faith is not determined that you just turn up and fix everything. My faith is in you because you're God and you're the only one with power and I trust you. So Jake, sorry, Jonah is delivered from a, a bad situation. He's now in one that is good. In Alabama, there's a monument to what they call a boll weevil. In 1915, uh, this weevil or this pest or something came in and destroyed almost all of their cotton plants in Alabama. So they decided, uh, someone decided they'd start to plant peanuts. And in two or three years, Alabama region produced more peanuts than any other state. And they've actually got this monument, thanks to this boll weevil, who took... This and turn their despair into prosperity. <laughs> we don't always see it. It doesn't always make sense. It's not always obvious to me, anyway. When difficulty comes, sometimes I'm overwhelmed. I'm going, God, what are you doing? Well, sometimes I'm so overwhelmed, I'm just sort of I don't know what to do. But there are my, there have been a number of times, and it is my experiences. I'm sure it's yours, but. When you've been able to look back and see how God has taken something and transformed it, we know that He takes things that are broken to something's beautiful. I often say this, I've probably said it to you once, twice or three times, but it's really worthwhile to us to remember. He said, we can only understand our life going forward, but you can only understand your life looking back. And it's the faithfulness of God that continues to come through. And as we look at verse 6, it's a good place to finish. It's a good summary. It's not only just a picture of our salvation, but it's a picture of what God does to us in difficult situations. To the roots of the mountain I sank down, couldn't get any lower. (laughs) The earth beneath me barred me forever, trapped, desperate. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. This is a story of God's salvation and we're going to celebrate that when we take communion. We're going to take the bread and remember his broken body. We're going to take the cup and remember his shed blood. We're going to remember the life that we have because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. He is our salvation. He's taken us up out of the pit of despair and sin and given us new life. But he wants to keep doing that or he is... He has the capacity to keep doing that. Yes, we're secure. We're his child. But in this life, there will be much trouble. And there'll be times that we're overwhelmed. There'll be times when we want to give up. But God is faithful. It's always too soon to give up. Always. When it comes to God. And if we persevere... If we trust him, even if we're still in the belly of the whale and it's dark and we're desperate, but we say, God, I will put my trust in you. I will just rest in you and trust you. If we do that and if we persevere, we will see that God will reveal to us his faithfulness and his power. If you're in the middle of a really dark place now, I know what that's like and I know sometimes it just seems like words and what can words do? But this is truth, and the truth sets us free. And even in your pain and your despair, if you take a step of faith and say, God, help me to believe, help me not to persevere, help me not to give up, I know that he will be faithful. For some of you, life's good now. It's all sunshine and light. (laughs) The reality is that that may last for a short time or a long time, but I know for each of us we will be faced with a temptation where we say, it's too hard, it's too dark, I just need to give up, I'm overwhelmed. Each of us need to understand that we persevere in the faith because God is not a useless, worthless idol. (laughs) He has a voice. And even though everything of mankind doesn't have a voice and we'll never hear from it, it'll never help us, God has a voice, he has power, and he's able to meet us in our point of need, and amazingly, he's able to take our brokenness and our difficulty and turn it into something beautiful. Would you open your communion? Would you take a moment just to do that? Have the little wafer, and now that you have a heads up on how to open it, Jesus was broken so that we could live. Jesus took my pain and your pain. He took your sin and my sin. He made himself an offering for us. Broken body shed blood so that we could have life. And the reason that we have communion and Jesus said do this, until I come, remember me is because the moment that we take our eyes off Jesus, the moment that we lose focus, the moment that we invest in things that are useless and worthless, we have no hope, we have no future. But you can't look at the broken body of Jesus and you can't look at his shed blood without understanding, herein lies the truth. Herein is my life. Here is my hope. Would you eat? the wafer as you remember his broken body, would you drink the cup as you remember his shed blood? I invite you to make your response this morning. Would you thank God for his gift of life? Would you make a commitment to seek him in difficult times, to trust him? Would you make a commitment to let go of those useless, worthless idols that distract us? Would you make your response before God this morning? Would you stand as we sing and as we worship? Maybe there's one or two who could just perhaps grab those uh, wire baskets just to collect. Uh, the remnants from communion. I appreciate that. Let's stand and sing together.